0: does being fit mean to you? This episode is brought to you by the Form and Function Movement Lab. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know Dr. Eric Nobby has totally transformed how I look at movement and injuries. He may honestly be a wizard. The Form and Function Movement Lab is movement therapy and education designed specifically for you. The team incorporates chiropractic, physical therapy, and strength training principles to quickly help you overcome painful issues and, better yet, teach you how to manage these issues on your own at home. They will work with you one-on-one to identify your big wins, perform joint manipulation and myofascial release for immediate relief, you know how good that feels, and provide online programming for you to move and strengthen your way out of pain between sessions. They even have a recovery studio called the Recovery Lab, where you can utilize red light therapy, compression therapy, and learn to use self-care tools to relieve daily stress from life and workouts. So amazing, all those toys. If you think this sounds like something you need, which I'm telling you it is, visit ffmovementlab.com and book your session now. My guest today is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition and dietetics. She coaches busy working women who struggle knowing how to eat to fuel their bodies optimally so they can have the energy and self-confidence to live a life of freedom. She uses her social media platforms to end the restrictive diet culture and provides strategies to help people commit to healthier living with scientific evidence and real world application. She's a TEDx speaker, podcast host, and working on a book. Please welcome Tony Marinucci of Tips with Tony. Hey, girl, hey. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to chat. I love talking to register dietitians, especially in this space, because I think it is such an important message for us as women to hear over and over and over again. Like, we can't get enough. Everyone has their own unique story around relationships with our food and bodies and mm-hmm. fitness and dieting and shrinking ourselves. And I just feel like the more we can share, the more we can talk about it, the better we'll all be from it, right? Like, totally. like, ta- like taking... I am really excited to learn what you have to say about, about food and your education, but like even taking all of that away, like just sharing people's individual stories, I think is so powerful.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because hopefully someone can relate to my story today and it yeah. inspires and elicit some change in them. Yeah. Some positive change.
0: You just feel less alone with it because I think yeah. it's, I don't know about you, but me personally, I've said this a million times on this podcast i know a lot of women i've had a lot of friendships with a lot of women i don't know one single woman who has not struggled at some point with their relationship to their body to fitness to dieting thinking they need mm-hmm. to lose weight like i don't mm-hmm. know one single person
1: yeah i don't either i don't either which is crazy crazy <laughs> but
0: then also like yeah. the only evidence you need to know like this is such 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 so much embedded in our culture right yeah. and like just thrown at us at an early age
1: yeah, definitely. I know for me personally, it started at an early age. Like yeah. I have memories. My, my biggest memory was nine years old and being told that I was overweight. Mm-hmm. I wore, I was um, a blue M&M for Halloween. <laughs> sure. And I wore a big thing yeah. that was blue, that was like an M&M costume. And a kid in school was like, you don't need to wear that. Like you could have just showed up in a t-shirt like because uh-huh. you're like implying yeah. like I was big enough, you know? oh yeah um, no i am so, the same yeah. way
0: i was like ma- i was made fun of as well um mm-hmm. early on in school i'm trying to think if i could, i would really love to remember like a very specific moment like i think just being called fat in line or something yeah. you know like so so, I, I know yeah something yeah. as like simple as that but i mean not mm-hmm. necessarily simple um but th- that's a, g- a good segue i think people who go into the work that you're that you're in trying to Reverse diet culture, teaching women to fuel their bodies rather than to try to make them smaller, and then plus mm-hmm. all your education. There is always a story behind the why, right? Yeah. So I'd love to hear you know, like what what's what's your story? If you just want to jump into it, you start with a blue M M&M, and M. You start earlier, you start
1: later, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, how much time do we have? We have the- no. We have a <laughs> we
0: have a good amount of time. I want to I want to get into it. Let's get into it, Tony. How
1: deep do we go? Um, go so, deep. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so I grew up on Long Island, New York, and I'm from a Greek and Italian family. Yeah. Well, oh, that's a and... good point to
0: make. We're recording virtually. She's in New York.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um,
0: Greek and Italians, they love their food. We know that right away.
1: Absolutely. So, like, food was obviously always a big part of our culture, and all my mom is one of four sisters, and we all lived within five minutes of each other, so... Mm-hmm. Like picture my big fat Greek wedding Yes. and like all the families lived like basically on the same block. It wasn't the same block, but like we could walk to each other's houses. So like Monday's was at Aunt Diane's, Tuesday dinner was at Aunt Jo's, Wednesday's was at my mom's, Thursday's (laughs) was at my godmother's. Like it was just like, there was like, so my dinners were always lots of people, lots of food and yep. if you didn't finish your food it was looked down upon obviously yeah. but the the complicated situation or the tricky thing that i was we really struggled with was my my grandmother my yaya who um i love very dearly and respect very much she's she's no longer with us Aww. but she did play a significant role in like i remember like i would spend my florida my summers in florida with her mm-hmm. And it would be like, eat, eat, eat. But then like if I would go for, if I ate too much, whatever that version of her version of what too much was, I would get faces, like she would puff her cheeks out at the table. She would kind of just be like, like, are you sure you want to eat that? You know? Yes. And then from a very young age. So it was so conflicting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how much I was supposed to eat. I always thought about food and I was always hungry. And I thought that that was OK until I was told that it wasn't OK.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, That's confusing so between- for a child. Yeah, it was very confusing. So then, and then I started getting teased at school about my weight. Um, you know, I had. Back in the AOL days, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. people messaging me, you know. Oh. Do people even know what AOL is anymore? I, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think they have to know.
0: What <laughs> yeah. was your screen name? What was your screen name? Really fast.
1: Oh, my God. Oh my God. Don't even. You, yeah. were you, were you, going? you have to tell <laughs> no. me. I'll tell
0: you mine. My first screen name ever was Princess Chick 46.
1: Oh, my God. That is amazing. <laughs> so this is my cousin made up a nickname. Don't. I don't. doesn't even make any sense. She called me Toyoy Loyoy. Oh, I love it. So my nickname was Toyoy. And then I called her AT3. So it was Toyoi 3 at (laughs) AOL.com. Like (laughs) ridiculous. It's great. Ridiculous. I I
0: recently saw, wait, I'm sorry, I'm gonna interrupt really quick, but I recent I recently saw this like meme or something on Instagram, and it just gave me this huge flashback. Do you remember? Like you had your AOL profile, right? And Mm -hmm. and you could like configure or like like, make your AOL profile. If you, you you could use, like, cheat code to, like, get colored fonts or whatever. Did you ever oh, do yeah. that? Okay, yes. Oh, yeah. But do you remember that they had those, like, almost, like, brat doll images of, like, girls. And they would be, like, glittering. And you would, like, line up your friends and put your names under them for who you were aligned to. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I, I know.
0: I, I, I didn't even remember it until I saw those little yeah but I, that's
1: fu- not what i was picturing until you just reminded I, me that that we could, we could i know that. i just
0: had to i had to like put that picture in everyone's mind just for a minute as like a blast from the past okay go on oh my you, God. someone on aol it sounds Amazing. like was maybe bullying you
1: yeah like i would yeah. get like messages at night and it, you know it would be like from a screen name that i didn't know and then i found out it was like a kid from my class oh. right so yeah and like really like terrible things and it kind of just like continued I would say, until maybe high school, but at that point, I had already perceived myself to be bigger, so no one had to make fun of me for me to bully myself, basically. Mm -hmm. I was really, I became really mean to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, at the same time, like if we want to get really kind of complex, because we know there's many layers to why we do what we do, um, you know, my sister struggled with her mental health. She's two years younger than me. She's amazing now. We're best friends like, mm-hmm. but growing up, she really struggled. And so, and my parents always fought and it was very chaotic Yes. and very loud. And I felt like it was my responsibility to kind of keep the peace and keep things together. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, I was seriously struggling with my body image and seriously struggling. I was doing ridiculous diets. I was cutting everything out. Like this is more like in my teenage years. Um, and so I say that to say that like sometimes I wonder if I was really upset about my body or if because I was so upset about what was going on at home and people had told me I was overweight and I felt like I should be upset about my body, that I just got really good at putting any sort of depression, sadness, fear, anything, I blame my body for everything because oh, yeah. it was just like the easy place to put it. I don't oh, yeah. know If that makes sense. Like, no, it
0: makes perfect sense. I yeah. relate a hundred percent totally completely. I had a mm-hmm. very chaotic childhood growing up as well and just a, a lot of trauma around and fighting parents mm-hmm. and divorces and abuse mm-hmm. and all, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, Sorry. and I absolutely was, would use what I put into my body as a way of control. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like, okay, this is something I have no control over anything else that's going on around me as a young child, but I yeah. do have control over what I'm eating. And that didn't come until a little bit later for me, I would say like late high school and then like into college that I really get the grasp of like, oh my God, if I stop eating, I'll lose weight. Like mm. how many days can I go? Right. And, and like, and I'm getting smaller and I'm getting praised for it. Mm -hmm. and like I remember the first diet I ever went on was before a high school dance probably like senior year and you mixed up this ridiculous concoction of like cayenne pepper and lemon juice Mm -hmm. and water and you like and like some uh, maybe like apple cider vinegar or something and you drank that and then you had like a fucking half of a grapefruit I don't know what it was but like my grandma who's also very instrumental in my life and I was basically raised by her like she she encouraged me right like she helped me
1: Mm -hmm. and you know what i realized that it's because of that or their generation yeah it is like because fortunately i know we have a lot of work to do but fortunately the people the kids growing up in today's generation are seeing a little bit more body positivity healthy at every size like there's mm-hmm. more of a movement that are showing like that we live in a fat phobic world and you know that this isn't you know people are starting to like wear less makeup mm-hmm. and like all the things but our grandmothers probably grew up with like when twiggy was the model yes. of perfection right yeah. and like we grew up with barbie yeah you know so like there's just um and like victoria's secret models that yeah. was like later but even before that it was like you had to like you had no curves no Paris curves hilton lindsey yeah, lohan exactly. britney spears like when they yeah. were
0: deathly ill because yeah. they were had a diet of drugs and starbucks coffee like
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is not the
0: picture of health that right. we know today <laughs>
1: no definitely and that and that's but so like to so like that's what our grandparents saw mm-hmm. and so and then our then our parents also grew up with that and then yeah. it gets translated so it really is our responsibility to break that chain yeah yeah um yeah, i, so I wonder for
0: you okay so for me like i was overweight like and and i look back at, like when i was you know, 10, 11, 12, like those kind of years. Like I, I, it was a blessing to me, honestly, because I thought I was the shit. Like I didn't, I thought I was cool. I had a lot of friends, like maybe here and there, someone would make an off comment, but I, I you know, I, I wasn't bullied. And, and I thought I was cool. I remember I'd get new clothes. I thought I looked good in them, like whatever. But I look back on pictures now and I'm like, oh my, like I was very, very large. So it, it, it kind of, I likely did need to lose weight as a child, like just for Mm -hmm. health reasons alone, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like explicitly talked about, or if it was about like, Hey, this is so that you're going to feel better or like for for your health, you know, it was nothing like that. It was just like, you you need to lose weight. And then at the time going through all the things of like, I'm not lovable, uh, you know, I'm not worthy. And so naturally I think it was just like, okay, well those things are tied together.
1: Right. And so here's the thing, like, that's, I think all of us in our childhood, I think you were just taught to not like your body at some point or that you needed to change it. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? So I think we all like are happy kids and excited and confident. I was super excited, happy, confident, like all that until like life started happening and i was like well this is what this is what the reason why everything is falling apart because i look this way yeah you
0: You know right exactly i I remember i would have just like before going to bed would just like dream of being thinner like Mm -hmm. my life will be easier Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: the boy that i like will like me
1: yeah if i just
0: am smaller
1: yeah, that's literally if you read every. I mean, I started journaling from like six years old. I it's just crazy, and the amount of crushes that I had at like oh. second grade and third. Oh grade yeah, and
0: I'm th- I'm so boy crazy. I'm still so oh my boy God. crazy.
1: Ridiculous, like so <laughs> much journaling, and but it was always like, but they'll never like me. Like, yeah. how are they ever going to like me? Like, and then I would journal out like. The amount of I, I really like with the food i definitely manipulated food and and restricted but mm-hmm. i was an over exerciser i was uh, also yeah. an, i was an athlete yeah so i was always the bigger athlete but i was mm-hmm. very athletic and very yeah. skilled yeah and so i always blamed my weight as like the one thing that was like holding me back from yeah. like starting younger and like yeah whatever it was and um you know i i say that to say that i would like go to basketball practice or tryouts for two to three hours and then come home and continue to work out like that was mm. for me my relationship with exercise was I think more so damaged than my relationship with food to be honest really? and, they were, and both were pretty damaged yeah, so, yeah just to
0: give you that picture yeah so you so it's kind of started did you say like around high school where you would like restrict and go on diets and like over exercise and then how or when did it start
1: It was, yeah, it was in high school. It was my freshman year of high school. So the body hating, Mm. the the body shame and self-loathing started in middle school. Yeah, same. Like I have a journal, I have a a poem I wrote that my, I'll never forget my English teacher, Mrs. Johnson, she gave me an A plus, but she said, come see me and sent me to the guidance counselor because Mm. it was just so so hard and I read it now it's probably gonna go in my book that's coming out mm-hmm. um, just as like a little segment but like it's so sad oh. like I was really hurting I was really sad so yeah. like the body image stuff happened way earlier but where I, it started to translate into the way that I chose to eat or not eat and then exercise or overexercise mm-hmm. um, was in high school because mm-hmm. I said I was an athlete I was a freshman and I wanted to be on varsity volleyball and varsity mm-hmm. basketball as a freshman which is hard to do but but it's possible yeah and I just blamed the fact that like I was too big or that like my mile wasn't fast enough and so that's where things started to I thought that like under eating would help me but what I learned was you know you can't work out after a full day of school and try out for basketball I had an orange the entire day and within 30 minutes of tryouts I was i remember feeling like i hit a wall like Mm -hmm. i couldn't put i wanted to run faster but Mm -hmm. like i literally couldn't i had zero fuel in me um yeah and so that's when i started to realize like this restriction isn't the answer it's actually part of the problem Mm -hmm. and you know over the throughout the the my high school years i started to switch from the restriction to just looking at food labels more, mm-hmm. embracing just healthier alternatives, healthy swaps. like How did you know,
0: how did you know
1: where to go for those healthier swaps or like what to read on a nutrition label? Um, So that's a good question. I kind of just like picked up what, like my mom did Weight Watchers, mm-hmm. so I like picked up oh, yeah, things that she watchers. would say. Yeah, like I just like started um, to hear things mm-hmm. i don't know where mm-hmm. but like you know yeah. then it was like oh maybe yeah, cosmo magazine or something yeah like whole grains <laughs> are better for you so I'd look for things with more fiber yeah you know or also some things that i think they were you know in high school instead of having a pop tart for breakfast i actually had like either like oatmeal or like an egg sandwich yeah okay (laughs) better than a pop you're like already on that
0: nutrition mindset like (laughs) before you even start studying it you're like yeah like I
1: think like stuff like that I drink more water I add more veggies I um stopped getting fast food Mm. um and not that like now even I work with clients like it's you can have fast food but like cooking from home most often is often going to be a little bit more clear yeah sure sure so yeah so like So yeah, so I kind of just like started following my gut and I started focusing on how I wanted to feel. So I Mm -hmm. say this in my TED talk, I say this on my, I say this all the time. I started focusing on how I wanted to feel rather than how I wanted to look. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I started to be vibrant, like Mm -hmm. happy, confident, just really clear on like that like wow like nutrition and eating well and balance and you know moving your body not to the extremes like it is it actually really does enhance your life there is something to it that's why people tell you to do it at the same time we need to end the obsession with it. yeah
0: yeah and was this happening like in high school this seems like that's such like a young age to have such a big great realization.
1: So I would say it definitely like happened more and more as I got older but it was honestly I remember going to my guidance counselor in the 11th grade when you were deciding what schools you wanted to go to for college and I was like I want to be a dietitian I want to work with people who have eating disorders Mm. and I want to help somebody who needed my help when I was struggling. Like Mm. I was very clear I I maybe even like 10th grade 11th grade whenever it is the year that you decide who what schools you want to apply to and what you want to major in Um, So I only looked at schools that had the dietetics major because I was very clear on what I wanted to do.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I I don't even think I had the language to express how I felt during that time. Like, I Mm -hmm. didn't even really get the language to talk about. Uh, you know, eating for control, or, mm-hmm. or or the realization that this is embedded in our culture, or, or any anything like that, like diet culture. I didn't even like hear this term in probably like two years ago.
1: Right, right. So I would say knowing about like like looking and reflecting on like influence in diet culture. That was probably more. I mean, in college, it's what we talk about, like as dietetic majors. So like you we're had, all just yeah, like yeah. we're just like we need to end diet. That's why I started my blog. I started my blog. Um, my junior year of college, mm. and I, it's called Tips with Tony, and mm. I started with the purpose to put an end to diet culture. So this has been like ten years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but before that, so I didn't really have the words per se, but I think that what I talk about in my book and what I teach my clients, it's all about being introspective, mm-hmm. and that's something that I I don't know if I was born with just this innate. I don't know. I was in with an innate desire to just know. I had, I wrote a poem in the sixth grade about why, 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 why this, why that. Like, I just like, I started journaling at six. Like, I just like. (laughs) It's (laughs) in your DNA. It's in your DNA.
0: (laughs) Along with construction work on Long Island to follow (laughs) your dad, Tony Marinucci. It's in your DNA.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't know how to like really put the words to it, but I guess I, I do believe, you know, and then you made a point earlier too about kind of like, when you were overweight like you almost like didn't know or didn't realize it but either way you said something about being grateful for it Mm -hmm. and I think that like I am grateful for the people who tease me I am grateful for the lessons I've learned because I do believe that it's put me here to do what I want to do and there was something I think this was my calling this is what I was meant to do from very early on but I just didn't know that yet and now I see that now
0: All right, who started working out at home during the pandemic and decided this may just be the permanent move for me? No commute times, no dealing with rush hour traffic at 5.30 p.m. to get to your 6 p.m. group fitness class and you're already sweating profusely before you even walk in the door because you're anxious about being late and someone being in your spot, getting flashbacks. No dealing with other gym goers, not putting their weights back correctly, or maybe like hogging the squat rack or something. Maybe you even have a little corner in your house or garage that you've turned into the perfect cardio strength oasis. At any rate, if you're loving working out from home, I've got a special treat for you. Past guest, Casey Hilmer of Power Ride, you remember her. She survived a near deadly stabbing attack while she was out on a run very strong girly all around, she has an on-demand library full of classes to keep you moving at home. For $19.99 a month, you'll get access to over 100 workout videos, plus five new classes are added each week. You can pick from cardio classes, treadmill classes, and strength classes, ranging from 10 to 60 minutes. So truly, whatever, whenever you can get it in, there's something for you. Casey is so energetic and full of life. Her classes will absolutely have you sweating, building, and burning. Click the link in the show notes or What The Fit podcast, Instagram bio, and sign up today. This is big self-care. Giving yourself the gift of a workout programmed for you to do anywhere. Come on. What did that journey look like for you with food and exercise like through college Mm -hmm. you know know, and life beyond like was it a a constant evolution did you did you go back then you went forward like what did that look like
1: um lots of i was like it's so crazy because you know disordered eating can really look and like here's the thing you could have two people eating the same exact way and the difference between someone who's disorder has disordered eating and the person who doesn't is the mindset behind it yeah, yeah. so in everyone else's eyes i had my nutrition figured out mm. in my head as the di- i was in school being becoming a dietitian and i still was so fixated on weight loss mm-hmm. and so i hid behind diets or trials and errors so i literally went to college The first thing I did was become a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And I told Mm -hmm. everyone (laughs) that I wanted to be a vegetarian because I wanted to know what it felt like. If I had a client who was a vegetarian, like, how would I know? And I was using it as an experiment. But really, I just wanted to figure... I was hoping this thing was going to help me lose some weight. Oh, sure. Like, I, was a veg- <laughs> I was a vegetarian
0: for nine months my junior year of college because I thought oh, it was yeah. going to make me lose weight. Yeah, but I exactly. said it was because I cared about animals, and it wasn't.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's really common. A lot of people, choose, they you know, hide behind the vegetarian diet, yeah, right? Yeah. So long story short, I went vegetarian. Then I went vegan. Yeah. Then I went gluten-free vegan. Oh, sure. So it started... And that's trendy. Yeah. So... In people's eyes, I was the epitome of health. Right. I exercised all the time, Mm -hmm. sick every day, every day. Yeah. I exercise. Oh my god, you exercise every day. That's so motivating. That's so inspiring. Like, oh my god, you eat so healthy. You eat so quote unquote clean. Mm -hmm. Like, blah blah blah. But yet, I was like, I I was in my mind, I was obsessed Mm -hmm. with food. I had basically, like, what do you eat when you're a gluten-free vegan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, nothing. That's you know? Yeah, yeah, basically. Like, it, it was not balanced. And I just was always hungry. And I think because mm. I just wasn't get supplementing my protein. Now I look back, I definitely wasn't supplementing my protein pro- properly. Mm. I was super stressed to the max. Like, yeah. there was a lot of reasons behind that. But... Um, so yeah, so I mean honestly that was all the way through college, Mm -hmm. even into my master's degree, Mm -hmm. slash like dietetic internship, which you have to go through before you sit for your RD exam. Mm -hmm. I think it was after that that I was like, oh my god. Like you're (laughs) exhausted. I am done with this. So I slowly started to like add, um, I think what did I do first? I went back to vegetarianism instead of veganism. Mm-hmm. I kept gluten out just because I really do have a sensitivity to mm-hmm. it. I don't have celiacs. Um, then again, I didn't really get proper testing, but yeah. I feel better without it. So I actually yeah, do, I, I do keep that out of my, my, um, my nutrition plan. But, um, I started adding animal protein back mm-hmm. in. Um, I used it used to just be chicken or just fish yeah, sure, um, or just eggs or whatever. And now I eat all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love them and yeah. I appreciate them. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so it was definitely not like it's it's always a journey. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's always a journey. Exactly.
0: What about your relationship with exercise? How's that? Edge so
1: and it's interesting because at one point it was really because of body composition. Mm-hmm. And then I did do even with a healthier relationship with food, um, I started tracking my macros and and lifting mm-hmm. like five, six days a week. Like mm-hmm. and I actually got super, super, super lean. And it was I once I, I felt like I was like, oh, because I can. But in the back of my mind, I think it was just like really trying to live up to this expectation of what a registered dietitian is supposed to look like, or yeah. having the knowledge and feeling like because I know how to do it, I should be able to do it yeah. or whatever. Um, and that was maybe three three years ago, mm-hmm. I would say. And then I got real sick. I got mono. I got um, uh, it's called SIBO, mm. uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Oh. I my cortisol levels were off. So and I, is this from
0: pro- maybe years of restrictive over exercising? Think-
1: I do. I mean, yeah. mono is like, e- e- Epstein-Barr mono, that could be like anything that you kind of pick it up. Yeah. But the SIBO pr- was, is definitely comes from when you lack variety in the diet. So even so, but when you're trying to get to a certain leanness, there's only so much that you can fit in right? exactly so that plus i was building at that time i was building my own business while working full-time as another rd as, as an rd like for another business but i i've never only had one job i finally mm-hmm. do now and it's yeah. just for myself and yeah. i'm super busy but at least it all goes to me and my yeah. team so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but before that i worked like full-time as an rd here building my business on the side part-time for another rd position like helping people when i could like so I was just like You're a over, huge yeah, burnout, burn yeah. totally yeah. burnout. Um, didn't even realize it until I had to stop. So my relationship with exercise was forced to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize it until um, like being out of it. So mm-hmm. I genuinely do love exercise. And so yeah. now it's it's a bit recovery mono, Like it's in your system for like Epstein bar, like a whole year. Like I was, and then we went into the pandemic. Mm. So like there were so many limitations and changes and, um, you know, so many things. So now I can genuinely say that I exercise to feel strong. Mm. I exercise because I love it the way that it makes me feel. Um, and I no longer obsess and think I'm like worthless if I skip a day. Yeah. I used to have such bad anxiety. Oh,
0: me too. I would feel such guilt. I would yeah. have, to, I would have to ask permission of other people. Like you think it's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I've done this, 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 and this, like I can skip this day or like, mm-hmm. I'm so tired. I'm dragging. I'm so sore. You think it's okay. Like what? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah. I, there's no relief for myself in that area.
1: Yeah. I, I know you're not alone that like so yeah. many people I struggle with that. And it's, I think because they fear, I know I, I feared, I struggled for so long to just get started. Mm-hmm. So, or like, so as much as I over-exercise, I always waited till the nighttime to do it. Mm, interesting. It was very interesting. And I'm starting to like, uh, like I'm working in, <laughs> I'm in therapy. Obviously mm. we need a lot of therapy before we get through. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I'm yeah. starting to like connect the dots of like why I struggle with anxiety today. And I feel like I need to get things done now because I'm afraid that if I don't, I'll just push it off, push it off and obsess about it. And so my way of fixing that is doing things at the moment, which can be helpful. Tony, I think could... we
0: are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> this is so bizarre. Like, never yeah. have I spoken to someone where, like, I, I am the same way.
1: Ah, oh, I love your energy, by the I way. I am, like, and, like, the second, before we even started recording, I'm, like, this girl is awesome.
0: <laughs> I, I, I am, like, I just will run myself into the ground trying to get everything done. And I have to get everything done before I relax.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: And if I'm relaxing and I know I have shit to do, I almost can't even enjoy it. So what's the point? Right.
1: Right. And so that's why you do it. Because you're like, you know, that sitting down is not going to be helpful. So, yeah, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. But I will say with the exercise component, that is where I was able to start learning that it's okay not to, you know, it's okay to take a day off. Like I said, I was kind of forced to. It was really hard. Like, I'm surpassing like I my body, all my body image issues from my childhood during that time kept back up like it was really challenging but also once again I think important and necessary because when you are the professional and you heal your relationship with food and you heal your relationship with your body and you heal your relationship with exercise and like you become kind you kind of forget what that younger version of yourself felt like or what the people out there that are certain currently struggling need and i really think i needed to go through all that again to be like remember like you're never done healing yeah you always got to be doing the work and you needed to go through this again so you could understand like how much people need you right now yeah because you're not alone
0: yeah i am fortunate enough that i have this podcast i started recording i released the first episodes like july of 2018 And I remember specifically talking on those very early episodes, this feeling of guilt if I missed Mm -hmm. a workout. And I Mm -hmm. remember what those workouts looked like. It was six days a week. It was seven days a week. It was obsessive. Mm -hmm. And... I know now like where I am with my, and it's, and it's night and day. And I'm like, oh, like this is progress, right? Like I always try to remember, like I pat myself on the back anytime I can. I'm like, I am not in that place anymore. And like, it's absolutely possible to step away from it. And I I think really just the act of talking about it and saying it out loud and kind of processing your feelings with it can help you get there. Like it's not overnight, right? It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not a month. It's not two months. Like this is now almost three years and like, Mm -hmm. but still huge improvement from three years ago. Totally. It's worth it to to do that introspection like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 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 Cool. So, so you, um, were a TEDx speaker. Can we talk about that? And does this, does this tie into the parallels between dieting, dating, romantic relationships? Does it tie together?
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that because I'm
0: super interested. How did the TEDx speaker come about?
1: Well, I, so I wouldn't say always, but I would say when I, I've always wanted my own business. Like what I said I went, to, when I decided where I was going to go to college, like mm-hmm. that was my a vision to eventually have my own private practice. Um, and then I would say maybe about four years ago, I actually started to pursue it, but scared, you know, when you kind of like dip your toes in of the course. water sort of situation. Um, and so that's when I explored TED Talks. And I was obsessed with them and they inspired me and they motivated me. And I just like loved them. And this, like, TED Talks and then podcasts. And like, that was just like what I think gave me the confidence to be a full time entrepreneur. Obviously, other things along mm-hmm. the way, but that was honestly a big part of it. So, as I was commuting to all those jobs I was talking about, I was just saturating my brain with like yeah. all this different information that was super positive. So, yeah. And I've always wanted to be, I've also in college decided I wanted to do my own talk. I want my own talk show, which yeah. I am going to be doing either this year or next year. I'm doing it. They're I don't all, care if yes. I'm going to do it myself. No, that's I how I feel too. When <laughs> yeah. I was, when I was like
0: six years old, I would be in the bathtub and I would pretend to interview, I would be both the interviewer and the interviewee. All so right, I would ask okay. the question and then I would answer the question like a talk well, show.
1: We gotta, we, we should pair up. Yes. You are a great interviewer. Like, <laughs> oh, and you. yeah, and like, I want to support that, that goal <laughs> and that dream of yours. Cause that is, it would be amazing. That'd be a great show. Um, but yeah, so i just always saw myself either, you know, having a talk show, being on a stage, like just yes. helping massive amount of people. So I always wanted to do the Ted talk. Um, so it's funny cause I had applied. Maybe a few years ago with kind of like a basic talk yeah like whatever and it got denied and so a year later after i had been through this crazy ridiculous relationship that i should have never gotten involved in that was like the third time i've done been in a relationship that i should have never been involved in sure it was like oh my god i the aha moment like i get it like so the ted that i needed to go through that to get the idea for the ted talk so mm-hmm. the ted talk is all about how we treat dieting and dating the same and so i talk about my story about growing up overweight tying my weight to my worth mm-hmm. and carrying that into adulthood and then choosing men and it never working out and they really were not good fits and being really frustrated about that And instead of doing any sort of introspective work, I would date five versions of the same guy, just with a different name and a different face. Like It was just (laughs) the same thing, right? And then I realized that's exactly what my clients would do. Before they start working with me, they would jump from diet to diet. And they would think that it was going to be different, but it was basically the same diet, just in a different book. Like it was nothing different. It's all based off of restriction. Mm -hmm. It's like, eat this, don't eat that. Mm -hmm. It's not helping them. It's not teaching them. It's not telling them to listen to their bodies. It's literally actually telling them to do the opposite of it. You know, so I started to recognize like, oh, my God, like there's so many parallels. And so the talk happened and I only had eight minutes. Some TED Talks are like 12, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I had eight minutes to say all that I wanted to say and I realized that oh my god there's so much more here and that's why I decided I was going to write a book. So the book is almost done. That's so exciting. Are you like self-publishing? How are you doing? Yeah, it? yeah.
0: I'm Damn, so are you just like yeah. typing on your computer like in a Word document?
1: It's on Google Drive. Okay, yeah. But if anything ever happens to Google Drive, I'm so
0: rude but you're just like, like on the computer say, typing away yeah and then what I happened a, yeah go ahead
1: yeah, no I was gonna say 11 chapters so far I think that's what we're gonna cap it at I'm a writing
0: coach
1: by the way you're a oh, writing just, coach okay yeah okay. it's not it's, it is writing a book is the hardest thing I've ever done of
0: course it is like it's it is
1: seems cable- like it's so difficult but people don't tell you that
0: before you sign up for a while. <laughs> Tony, I didn't need anyone to tell me that it was going to be really hard to write a book. So do you, I mean, do you like send pages away and like you get coaching and stuff back or are you just like going to write the thing and then an editor? So- or what do you do?
1: So I hired a writing coach his name's John Romanello. Um, he has been amazing in the process. I start, first started working with him to help me with just like copywriting for my business. Yeah. Um, and he's ghostwritten for many authors. He's cool. written many books like so I decided like when I had that idea I was like oh yeah, I think that you need to be the person who helps me with this. Um, plus he personally has been in the fitness industry. Cool. Um, he has you know he he's very well aware and he's also it's a, anyways he was like the perfect. it's a good fit the yeah good he was fit. The perfect person for the job so basically he'll like he just kind of helped me in the beginning we did the very basic thing outline what do we want to yeah. talk about i would just like write 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 and then he would just go in and just provide feedback and then just like make it sound a little better like he gives me some really great like punch lines and punch yeah. phrases yeah. to really like make it pop um and so i mean we would do zoom calls together and mm. i mean it's been over a year at I was this gonna, point.
0: a year working on it wow yeah good yeah. for you that's an amazing accomplishment
1: thank you i can't i really need it to be out in the world it's it's it's, it's ready it's ready
0: um, i will absolutely read it i can't wait that's really thank cool. you
1: thank you i will let you know when it's out
0: so i want to talk about binging do you and and i and because i think I've talked a lot about a lot on this episode or I'm sorry, on this podcast about restricting and restricting. And that was kind of like my my go to. Mm -hmm. And and I've certainly dabbled in binging. I went through a little phase where I would even if it wasn't a big binge, but I would throw up after um, or, or like you get to this this frantic state after you've restricted for so long where you literally want to eat everything in sight and you cannot stop. I remember I was babysitting one time. So I had like free range of the, of someone else's kitchen. Right. And I would just like granola bars, pop like anything. Mm -hmm. And then you're left just like with the worst feeling ever, like not Mm -hmm. only physically, but mentally. Mm -hmm. And I just, I know I'm just thinking, I don't think we've talked about binging a lot, and I think it's something people really struggle with.
1: Yeah. It's really unfortunate. It's the most common. So there's, you know, there's binging and there's binge eating disorder. And so we can talk about how yeah. we would classify the difference. But yeah. either way, binge eating disorder is the most common eating disorder.
0: Okay. Okay? okay. I didn't so know that.
1: It's really, really common. Um, and also you can ha- struggle with binging and not purge although yeah. what i think what people rec- don't recognize is that purging comes in many forms it doesn't have to be just self-induced vomiting it could be excessive exercise yeah, which i've done I that definitely too did. yeah yeah it could be extreme restriction which we have both done yeah. you know um, and then it's also i mean it's usually associated with like guilt and shame which mm-hmm. i think anybody can really relate to mm-hmm. with that yeah. so i mean if you suspect that you struggle with binge eating disorder you probably do because <laughs> it can't be that bad for you to think like, you know, if you're thinking like something's wrong. Most people actually don't even know that they're struggling with binge eating disorder because sometimes it's either normalized by society or they just think they're, you know, soothing with food. And it, it, I mean, it could be, but the way you know really is that if it's happening, you know, on a weekly basis and you, you can't go a, a day or a week or even a month, Without feeling this loss of control, mm. often associated with like large volumes of food, um, then you probably have some. I can't diagnose obviously yeah just, yeah, like, yeah by doing this yeah. I actually can't diagnose at all it's actually a psychological disorder i just treat it <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> i didn't know that it was a psychological disorder are all eating yeah. disorders psychological disorders yes yeah yeah yes okay yeah
1: so you'd have to go to it has to be in the dsm-5 and basically a therapist or psychiatrist or psychologist would make the diagnosis although like i could suspect sure sure um yeah you know i my job is really mostly to help with the with treating it but it also you need a therapist as well it's often beneficial because what a lot of people don't know is that binge eating disorder is often a symptom to anxiety depression trauma ptsd yeah
0: of course um, check 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 check, all the things you know (laughs) so
1: It, you know, we can work on your relationship with food and definitely helping because sometimes, you know, overeating can just become from lack of balance and nutrients, mm-hmm. um, you know, undereating. like there's so many things, but until you really figure out like what your triggers are, mm-hmm. if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, you know, I can give techniques, but mm-hmm. it becomes outside of my scope at a certain point, mm-hmm. right? So I highly recommend someone who works with me to also be in therapy, depending on what we're working mm-hmm. on together. Yeah. Um, But that's typically common. But you can struggle with binging without technically having binge eating disorder, which is really just that feeling of loss of control, guilt and shame after Mm -hmm. eating and eating to the place like where you're uncomfortably full. Like think about like Thanksgiving full, and it and it affects your everyday mood, energy, and all the things. Yeah,
0: yeah. I saw something on your Instagram like a pause method.
1: My pause method. Yeah, what is that? Talk about that. So the pause method is an acronym Mm -hmm. and it stands for P, pay attention. So this is like if you're on the verge of a binge or even maybe you don't struggle with binging, but you're an emotional eater Mm. um, or you're just like finding that you're you're eating things without any intention behind Mm -hmm. it and you're just feeling kind of like that loss of control. Um, So if you're on the verge of a binge or emotionally eating, I want you to pause. So actually pause and then go through the, the letters of the acronym. So P is pay attention a assess how you feel angry tired anxious frustrated whatever it is whatever that comes up you understand why you feel that way maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep maybe you're fighting with your spouse stressed at work stressed out Yeah, 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 yeah exactly um s is set up a plan And so that plan is going to be different based off of what's going on. So maybe you need to delegate some work. Maybe you need to take a nap. Maybe you need to get up or go to bed earlier. Uh, Maybe you need to go for a walk, change your location. Like that could be basically anything. And then E is just to execute the plan Mm -hmm. and just follow through with it. So P, pay attention. A, assess how you feel. U, understand why you feel that way. S, set up a plan. And then E, execute that plan. Pause.
0: I love it. I love it. That's great. Are you working on your fitness? Are you working for that next level fitness? Prism is a new level of Pilates. People who go to Prism don't go to class to fuck around, period. They go for the slow, deep breath, killer Pilates workout. Reformer Pilates can seem intimidating. I hear you there. But Prism welcomes all new clients to come check out their studio, which is beautiful, by the way with a free intro to Reformer class every Saturday at 11 a.m. and offers a one-week unlimited for just $30 for new clients. Prism's teachers, all of whom went through Prism's teacher training, will leave you feeling empowered and inspired and most definitely shaking. Pilates is so much more than a system of movement. It's a methodology for cultivating self-confidence, poise, and the power to claim the most out of life. Fuck yeah to all of that. So go check out Prism in Oakley and book your class through the MindBody app today. In the same kind of vein, I think that it's easy to say, and we've we've touched on this, like it's easy to say, Instead of comparing yourself to other people, appreciate your body. Instead of doing a juice mm-hmm. cleanse, mm-hmm. eat more fruits. Like, mm-hmm. But we know that there are steps in between those places. We know, like, maybe when you're in the moment of this binge, like, oh, I can't even get to that pause place yet, right? How do right. you, like, approach with clients or yourself, like, this this lifelong shift and journey we've been talking about to switching the mindset from, you know, that being smaller means you're lovable, that, mm. that shrinking your body means you're going to be worthy. Like, How do you approach those like little baby steps throughout the way that we need to do?
1: Well, first things first, I'll just share that when I work with a client or my RDs, anybody who comes into the program, they are working with a professional for a minimum of six months. Because mm. if you've struggled with this for a majority of your life, we can't expect you to heal it In less than six months and I will tell you most people stay with the six I would say 50% continue after the six months Mm. but either way they're good after the six months but some people stay on for like accountability or they feel like there's more work but you need a minimum of six months because Mm. we have to break old habits build new ones and make sure they're there to stay while addressing your mindset and your habits Mm. and behaviors Mm. like it's really really complex yeah Um, so with that said before someone even joins the program on their, what I call their discovery call, kind of just assessing what it is that they need, seeing if they're a good fit. It's from there that I'm very clear to them that this is not a weight loss program. You can have a goal of weight loss, mm-hmm. but the goal is healthier living, taking care of you, making your health a priority and creating behaviors around that. Yeah. And yeah. always making sure that we're not just addressing your physical health, but also your mental health. Because that's truly the definition of healthy. Yeah. If it if it neglects one or the other, that, that's really not, mm-hmm. to be honest. I don't yeah. think that's your epitome of health. Yeah. You know, And your epitome of health is individualized to you. Yeah. So from a very early on, or really early on in the stages of even before we even work together, I'm very clear that you can have aesthetic goals, you can have weight loss goals. We want to know why. And we want to make sure that that's not the main focus so we want to focus on drinking more water getting more sleep getting more movement feeling less guilty after eating decreasing the binges you know setting boundaries following through on your Mm -hmm. commitments like there's so many things but people forget that they just focus on the scale they just focus on their body fat and like yeah, that can be part of the process, but it's not everything. Right. It and can't be everything.
0: You, you'll, you're so empty if that's it. So empty. And you'll it's never, never going to feel enough. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> never going to feel like enough. Like, so when you asked me uh, earlier about my relationship with exercise, I was saying how I got super lean. I started my, not, I think that that sickness saved me because I started, my mind started dabbling back into disordered eating. And I was like, oh, well, what's five pounds more? What's five pounds more? And I actually look back at pictures now. And it's so crazy because you always felt like you were like so close to perfect but you weren't quite perfect i look back now and i'm like whoa like i've never associated myself and everybody is beautiful but like i i was skinny like and i've never been skinny like (laughs) like and i was like wow and i thought i needed to lose five more pounds yeah and i know so many people have been there yeah like it's so common that to me is like
0: like the most beautiful realization is that it's almost like they were saying like you have to go through these periods. You have to go through the heartbreak or whatever to get on the other side Mm -hmm. to, to go through this place where you are so low and you're like, oh my gosh, like I I just need to lose more weight. I'll be happier. I'll be happier. I'll be happier. Mm -hmm. You get through that. And then you look back on those pictures and you're like, oh my God, I was so small and like, and I still wasn't happy. You know, like that, that alone is like, it's not about your body
1: exactly exactly yeah and that's that's a lot of the realizations that my clients will have throughout the program as mm-hmm. they start to like well on our on our calls they'll they'll be like and i you know i look was looking back at photos and i remember i was miserable then. yes
0: right and you're it's hungry like, you got headaches you're tired yeah, yeah
1: yeah and just like you didn't love your body then so what like yeah. and that's what i that's what i teach people is that you need to practice and loving going from hating your body to loving your body is you're not doing that right it's like really hard you just got to go from not hating your body to at least like appreciating it and accepting it yeah yeah before you can and then someday you're not going to love it every day but the goal is we want you to realize it's it's actually like the most like the least interesting thing right right right
0: right right. (laughs) like
1: you are incredible who you Mm -hmm. are what you bring to this world like who you help like your energy your soul yeah like that is so much that is more of who you are right what you look like is just the shell for it
0: totally 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 so you've touched on this a little bit but what does coaching with you look like like why why are people you know coming to you what are you helping them with is it individual is it group what's the rundown
1: Yeah, so it's mostly individual. So I used to just be me solo, but I realized if I really want to help more people, then I need to hire experts Mm -hmm. who can also help more people. Because I, you know, I I have I practice what I preach. So I can only take on a certain amount of client load before I burn myself out. Mm-hmm. And so I was realizing that I was kind of always on the verge of burnout. Mm-hmm. So I just recently hired two dietitians. Wow. So I'm super excited. So they are starting already, their, their schedule's getting filled. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still overseeing the process and I still coach my own clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically the purpose of the one-on-one plan, coaching uh, model that I have is because I truly believe everyone is an individual that mm-hmm. they are. Um, so basically the process is a minimum six months. It's a lot of one-on-one uh, video calls. There's an app that comes with the program so clients can take photos of their food, build awareness within that. They have group coaching. I have group coaching within that so they connect, can connect with the other clients. Um, there's a course as well for them to take, but basically, the in a nutshell, What we're doing is every week when we get on a call or every other week, depending on which program option they go with, they are getting a high level of accountability, a clear cut understanding of what it is that we're trying to work on in the big picture, but what can we achieve just this week? Mm -hmm. What are the small steps that you need to do to be successful? Mm -hmm. You know, do you need to get to the grocery store? Do you need to communicate with your husband? Mm -hmm. Do you need to, um, you know, limit your, alcohol consumption mm-hmm. and drink more water and like you know whatever it is and basically each week we kind of set up like anywhere from like one to four yeah. five max yeah. goals that are super easy and attainable and then just build off of that so by the end that they for a client to graduate they want to be super confident in their food choices they want to feel in charge of their food in charge of their body and just have a clear understanding of like what their staple breakfast options are their lunches their dinners their snacks and it needs to be individualized to their lifestyle based off of their work their if they have kids if they don't have kids You know, if they're dating, if they're, if they're married, if they're single, whatever it is, like it needs to work with their lifestyle because otherwise it's only going to be temporary results that they get. And that's not what we're trying to do. I'm not trying to tell people what to do. I'm trying to teach people what to do so that they don't need me forever.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a total overhaul. Like you're talking about everything: mental stuff, food, accountability. Mm -hmm. Like I think of this, the value of being able to be like, all right, Tony, I need to, I need to communicate better or like I you know I need to go to the grocery on Sunday night like I need to go on Sunday night make me go on Sunday night Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: and so it's it really is a lot of accountability cuz although they have the coaching calls with the dietitians they can it's basically one of my few of my clients actually have said it's like having a dietitian in their pocket. Mm. So it's like if you're going to the grocery yeah. store and you don't know what to get and you're like pick, you know, the cereal aisle is freaking confusing. So it's like picking up boxes and like rather than waiting to figure out what to get, you just take a picture of it, you message it to your dietitian, she'll let you know and she'll give you why. So she's not going to tell you, choose the cereal. She's going to tell you, I think this would be the best cereal for you mm. because it's higher in fiber, it has a little bit less sugar, there's even a little protein in mm. there. Um, and it uh because you told me that you like a little bit of chocolate it has a little chocolate flavoring so like that might be good if you're kind of craving something you know like that's just an example right 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 totally you know um but yeah so it's like you're you're being you're being guided or suggested with explanation. Yeah cool so that you know how to do it on your own. Right, right right awesome. So Tony,
0: how do you take care of yourself? Like what are the ways that you like to practice self care how do you feel your best?
1: Yeah, so um, I believe self care is an everyday thing. So yeah. I think a lot of people think when they think self care, they think manicures, pedicures, massages. And although those are, I do those things. Sure. trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do my. <laughs> I do my pedicures. I get massage. I yeah. treat myself. I believe in it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, that I need to be my best to show up for those who depend on me. Yeah. Um. But the little things that I do is. I love sleep. Mm, Sleep Um, is my favorite
0: form of self-care.
1: Sleep is literally everything. (laughs) It's being able to turn off Netflix Uh, or Hulu before the next episode, where you really want to watch it and just being able to just be like, I'm going to watch this tomorrow. I know my sleep matters more um oh
0: it's so hard sometimes so
1: hard trust me it's especially with the pandemic TikTok actually has gotten me oh recently. i i won't um, go on it i won't so you you would actually probably love it because i could just i feel like you would love it that's so exactly why i can't be go careful. on it <laughs> be careful. that's exactly why i can't
0: go on it i'm not it going is to.
1: very much addicting so that's like the, the newer thing that i've had to monitor a little bit yeah um but yeah so sleep is probably number one and then um, I don't know. I mean, I think, so it's interesting because I, I guess you could say, so I've been doing this stuff for so long that it almost feels like routine, but I think right. for somebody else, they could, they're probably like, oh wow, that would make such a big difference. Yeah. So definitely sleep. I'm working on not overbooking my schedule. I'm mm-hmm. going to be fully transparent that I'm struggling with that. Yeah, I don't but I am that. working on it. Um, and then the other things that I think have just been habitual that I overlook as as self-care is eating three balanced meals a day, um, doing a morning routine with some meditation and journaling. Yeah, what's your morning um, routine? So my morning routine is a large, large, like 32 ounce cup of water, mm-hmm. uh, a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. meditation, five to 10 minutes, yeah. a quick journal entry, yeah, just whatever's on just my mind. Pop, 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 um, yep and then some sometimes it depends i will say because of the book writing i've had to shift a bit Mm -hmm. where i would love it to be movement all the time Mm -hmm. i'd always get movement in at some point in the day whether it's a walk or a workout i do believe in movement um as power but now it's like deciding between movement or writing in, in part of my morning routine because I've noticed that's why you gotta I get this taking, book done
0: Tony. it's taking
1: me so long to write the book because <laughs> I I go back and forth but like at the end of the day like the book writing is the priority right now yeah. and I can still dip movement in later in the day yeah um but yeah so so writing book or sometimes a caption or like content yeah because yeah. my
0: brain is freshest then yeah me too
1: you know too. and otherwise then and none of that stuff gets done because you're, you know, when you're, you're putting out fires and, you know, old I, things.
0: I had to do some like creative content stuff last night at the end of the day. Like, I just, I just had to do it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was like moving through mud. I was yeah, just like, so hard. God, just fu- record the video, just put it out, yeah. put it out. But like, it was so difficult.
1: Tip for that, by the please way, please tell I don't know, me. I don't Give know, me a how tip. Long, how long have you had your platform? your podcast, Instagram, wherever you put like, um, captions and
0: stuff? So the podcast since like 2018.
1: Okay, yeah, totally, do this. I go back to old captions and then edit them or mm-hmm. don't and just repost them. Yeah. Because Instagram <laughs> is, no one's, any new followers that you have- Right, no one's going they, back They went, They're not going back to 2018. Yeah, yeah. It's 2021 yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> But that stuff was good. Like I wrote some good stuff in 2018. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
0: no, you're right. Like, like pull, you don't have
1: to always pull re- out and, some
0: like th- catchphrases that I used before. Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like no one's gonna no one's gonna know. And even if they do, that those are like no, your biggest fans. Yeah, and they're gra- not gonna judge you. No, at they're all. gonna give me grace. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If anything, like I follow. Do you follow Jordan Syatt? No. Oh, Jordan. Jordan Syatt's pretty awesome. He's big in the fitness space. I'm gonna um, Look him up. He's pretty great, and he talks a lot about when he talks about like nutrition and stuff. It's very like practical, and nice. he's funny. Okay. He's engaging. He's he's awesome. Yeah. Um, it, Fitness. Him. Yeah. it, yeah. Fitness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. Um,
1: I've been following him for a while now, and I've started to notice like he's been repurposing because he's in the process of a move. Just like I'm in the process of a movement, I've just not been posting. Yeah, no, you that's just not gotta like do what me. you gotta do. But now uh, tonight, I'm like, all right, I got, I have the content. I just gotta actually physically like Put just it do out. it. And, and so I'm just like, I realized that what I'm ta- what I'm gonna be sharing tonight, I have a caption that I talked about like a year ago about like the mental health and physical health mm-hmm. and how they both matter. I'm just going to copy and paste yeah, it. Yeah, do it. You know? I like won't tell who, on you. I won't yeah, tell on you. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But, like, I see, like, people like him who has, like, these massive following. And honestly, the only thing I think is, like, that that these messages need to be repeated. Yeah, they do. You're people right. People need to you. be reminded, yeah. right? Like, do you know how many people still tell me to this day that, you know, the, the most recent post I did about, like, doing a detox yeah, versus yeah, yeah. eating fruits and veggies and, like, do this, not that... I still get messages that are like, thank you for that reminder because yeah. I still struggle with wanting to do a juice cleanse or wanting mm-hmm. to do a detox. And, like, I needed that to remind me that, like, yep. that is not going to heal my relationship with food. That is not going to help me lose the weight long term. That yep. is not going to help me do anything or feel better and in the long run at all.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's a great point, great point.
0: Okay, Tony. what does being fit mean to you?
1: Ah, being fit means feeling strong oh yeah and feeling in charge of my body yeah. i like to use the word in charge instead of in control and i, yeah, I learned this yeah. from a red uh, she was actually a social worker she did a talk about um the eating disorders that I, I i really it was i got a lot out of that workshop but um that was something that really stuck with me because the word control that's what gets us in trouble right yeah that restriction, that need to control, the need to control our bodies and all that. But when you use the word in charge, it just feels so much more empowering. Yeah. Like you are the one responsible. Yeah. So being fit to me just means like I'm in charge of my body. I I move it because it makes me feel good. Um, I lift things because I like to feel strong. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just being, it's everything that you do within your workout translates into your real life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. Where can people follow you? all the tips with tony if they want to get in touch with you all of that yeah so i'm
1: big on instagram at tips underscore with underscore tony that's tony with an i i also have my own podcast and if you're interested in any of the services about either the course or one-to-one coaching, you would go to www.tipswithtony.com slash coaching to apply.
0: Nice. And what's the podcast called? Tips with Tony? Tips with Tony. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. This has Oh, been thank you so much for having so me. So great. I can't wait to read the book. You have to shoot me a DM when it's out and ready. So I definitely I will. I definitely will. Good luck with the move. Definitely. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Listeners, thank you. So thank you. Share. Rate, review, all the stuff. Love ya.